Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. So welcome to episode 32 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, I am truly excited to be interviewing a woman who runs one of the most prestigious and compelling programs in the world. And in fact, perhaps one of the ones that's been around the longest. So Bridget Blaise Shamai is the Vice President of Customer Insights and Loyalty and President of the AA Advantage Programme. She is responsible for all aspects of the program, including recognition and rewards for AA Advantage members, all mileage partnerships, AA Advantage customer service, business solutions, and Americans' customer relationship management initiatives. In fact, Bridget has more than 20 years of experience with American and has held roles in finance, revenue management, alliances, sales, and loyalty. So, without further ado, please welcome Bridget Blaise Shamai to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Great stuff. And we were talking before we came on our Bridget. First of all, I just wanted to celebrate your Irish heritage. And um, as some of my listeners will know, Bridget is an Irish name. And uh, delighted to know that you have some Irish heritage in your own background. I love having Irish in my background, and it's a real huge point of pride for my mother's family. So we celebrate all the all the fun and celebrations that are Ireland every year, and um, I certainly look the role too. Okay, fantastic. Okay. So listen, um, you run an extraordinary program. And as I've talked about in the introduction, you have over 20 years of experience. So we have loyalty managers all over the world who are really keen to hear your insights and what we can learn from what American is doing in the industry. So as you know, I start every show asking my guest about their favorite loyalty statistic. So tell me, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? Well, if you'll indulge me, Paula, with a few, um, because there are so many um, important uh, statistic metrics that I look at to ensure that the health of the business is is where we want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, I look at enrollments in the program. Mm-hmm. You know, it all is centered around having customers participating in the program. Mm-hmm. And then what I look at is how quickly are we able to get them engaged with us? It's one thing to enroll. Mm -hmm. And it's another thing to be engaged. Mm -hmm. And our data really does reveal that there's a very um, defined time period where you have that opportunity to engage them or it's it's perhaps not going to happen. So the enrollment, the speed by which we're able to get them engaged. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I look at both breadth and depth of engagement with our program, but with the the airline Mm -hmm. and the whole wonderful network of partners with whom we partner. Incredible. And actually, I think you're the first person, Bridget, who has made that point about the speed of engagement. Everyone talks about the percentage of engagement, but I hadn't, I suppose, really thought about that window of opportunity. So it sounds like you have some very clear insights in terms of how important that is. That's right, Paula. You know, we have the the wealth of data, right? And mm-hmm. it's only as good as doing something with it. And we mm-hmm. do an awful lot with it. And this has been one of these key insights that's been teased out about you get a defined period of time with most customers yeah. for you to do something with the fact that they raised their hand, yeah. gave you some important information to get started. Now it's on you to make sure that you make sure you are relevant to them. 
Absolutely. Yes. Relevant and respectful. And I'll be dying to hear exactly how you do that kind of stuff. So before we get into all of the detail, tell me about your loyalty background. Like how did you end up in this area of the the whole world of American Airlines? Oh, absolutely. So if I can take a bit of a step back with you, mm. um, culturally at American, it's quite common that you move around. You know, it's a complicated business to to operate mm-hmm. an airline, a global mm. airline. So mm. we really have an encouragement for us to have broad exposure. Mm-hmm. So I um, started in our finance organization doing very typical airline type projects Um Taxes is a very common part of our industry. Um, organized labor is a part of our industry. Uh, alliances are a part of our industry. So those are the types of um, projects and initiatives I was involved with um, out the gate, and you know made my way around the company after starting in finance. As you had started share mm. with the audience at the outset of revenue management and distribution mm. and alliances, and then um, as a part of um, returning to finance at one point in my career. I was tasked with um, part, being part of a commercial team on the nascent stage of the One World Alliance. Ah. So right at its very outset, I was a part of how do we realize more together commercially and um, the vision by our CEO. So we had five airlines at the time. Mm-hmm. The vision, and this is many years ago, was yeah. could there be a global rewards program for One World? Yeah, And I had no experience or exposure to Advantage at the time. Mm. Um, and here I was um, exposed now to Advantage mm-hmm. and British Airways program and Iberia and Cathay mm. and um, Qantas. And wow, what, <laughs> what, a, what a phenomenon, what an extraordinary, yeah. um, almost blessed experience to have been provided, given. And so um, that was my first Uh, introduction, which Uh led ultimately to my joining the organization of Advantage for American Airlines. And so that was many, many years ago. And it was um, first round of the dot com. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted to partner with Advantage. You know, you had all this money yeah. pouring into these companies that no one knew their names. Yeah. But they were promising time value. Mm-hmm. And they needed to connect with brands that already had had, had intrinsic value, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were absolutely um, just bombarded with inquiries, requests to partner together. Mm-hmm. So the short of it is that began my um, exposure experience with Advantage. Mm-hmm. And I've had a host of experiences here, mm-hmm. um, you know, from creating the database marketing team, which is why I have such a love of data. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been the con- the controller. It's a huge budget um, mm-hmm. in P&L for American Airlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've led the strategy team. Mm-hmm. I have led all of the partnerships, um, both airline and non-airline. So you think uh, credit card partnerships are a big part of our, of our yeah. proposition here in the United States. Yeah. So really just um, through an unrelated opportunity at American many years ago, I got introduced to Advantage and just really fell in love with it. Now, I've been in and out of the program ever since I came here. So it's not like I've extensively been here, but um, I've been leading the program for about three years now Mm -hmm. and really feel Uh, very honored to have this position and to be caring for our customers and our partners in this capacity. Extraordinary. And there's so many things that you've referred to, Bridget, that I want to pick up on. So I almost don't know where to start. But first one I will comment on is um, I'm 
ex-British Airways myself. And after the One World Alliance was formed, I was responsible for the communications of that alliance here in the Middle East region. So, um, so I'm just, you know, thinking back to those wonderful times and the extraordinary vision that those airlines came together to create. So you've done extraordinary work for a very long time. So just want to compliment you, first of all, on, on building that because it really was the first. Um, and I can hear a real passion for loyalty coming through. And again, I think that's something that unites everyone who listens to this show in that I think people who move into loyalty marketing inherently love taking care of customers and inherently love giving something back. And often what we struggle with is actually the financial justification. So I love the fact that you came from the finance side and you're also so passionate about embracing the investment side in terms of giving back to customers. That's right, Paula. You know, real one thing, it's one of our defining um, pillars is to ensure that we have a um, a fair and balanced um, value proposition for our customers. Lovely. You know, it is yeah. a two-way street mm. and we've got to be mindful of that and act against that and to be good stewards of that mm. with our customers. So, you know, yeah. we, are, we are the representatives within the company Mm-hmm. on behalf of our customers, ensuring that the underlying value is mm-hmm. relevant to our customers and is returned back to our customers. Amazing. Amazing. So I know the program advantage, um, as I mentioned, I think at the start of the show, is I think the second one ever launched really in, in the corporate world, dating back to 1981, so almost 40 years. So where did the initial idea for advantage come from? Gosh, it was such a reflection of the time. You know, we were coming out or we were out of the regulated period of our industry. Mm -hmm. And we had a couple of problems we needed to solve as a company. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, we had no means by which to track our customers. Mm -hmm. Um, What was true then and remains true today, we um, distribute sell a lot of our tickets through our travel agency partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. We have wonderful relationships with our travel agents. Um, And so they are a big outlet for us. Uh, But we found that we had no customer information within the reservations that were being booked on our behalf by our agents. Mm -hmm. And so all the information that was collected was that of the agency. Mm -hmm. The second uh, part was we had a pretty commoditized product. Mm-hmm. And the idea by the leadership is how do we create a point of distinction? Mm-hmm. And so in one fell swoop, the opportunity through what was initially just a numeric code, now mm-hmm. it's alphanumeric, mm-hmm. um, allowed us to both track our customers and create a bit of a personality for the American Airlines brand. Love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. It's a great story. Great story. It, it sure is. And I don't think there's enough people talk about personality, Bridget, actually, you know, because particularly when it is a product that can be commoditized, I think the fact that, you know, the personality of advantages is such a focus, I think that's super exciting. And I'd love to hear a bit more about that. But what do you think, I suppose, in general, would you say is the most surprising or exciting thing about Advantage as a loyalty program, particularly in such a, what I would say, I guess, a mature market? Great question. And I love how you end it with it being mature because so much about it defies what would be um, a business in a mature phase of its life cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll I'll, ask, I'll answer you less about being surprised and more about what I love. Mm. I love the amount of growth we experience in the program 
every year. I love the size of the uh, memberships Mm -hmm. that are less than 30 years old. Okay. I love the, the size of the population that has multiple years of tenure in the program, active, active participation tenure mm. in the program. So it's just like this best of all worlds set of data that mm-hmm. reflect that the program and travel and American Airlines remain very relevant to mm. a broad and, and disparate set of consumers mm. who were all united by travel. Mm-hmm. And the brand advantage, the brand mm-hmm. American Airlines, mm-hmm. and advantage miles. Mm, for sure. And I know we didn't really talk about this um, before, Bridget, but just occurred to me, um, and I know some of this might be commercially sensitive, so if you can't answer, that's completely fine. But I always love to get a sense even of the scale of the type of team it takes. Like how many do you have between, I'm sure you've got you know, everyone from the tech team to the communications team. So broadly speaking, how many people people does American Airlines have just to manage and dedicated to managing the Advantage program? So I, um, in my, I'm happy to share with you the size of my organization, but yeah. of course I don't want to undersell because there's a whole lot, many of more course. folks who are participating in act actively support Mm. the program, but I've got Mm. over 700 um, professionals in my organization. Now that includes a best in class um, contact center. So the Advantage Customer Service Organization sits in my purview as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a wonderful set of management professionals who are day in and day out caring for the program Mm -hmm. alongside our data insights and analytics. Mm. And then, and and that includes research. Mm -hmm. Uh, But alongside that, we have professionals in our marketing organization, digital, IT, reservations, and sales who also are directly engaged in supporting of the program. So I I dare say we've got a a good (laughs) four-figure number um, supporting this really fantastic asset for American Airlines. Incredible, incredible. Well, 700 alone, as you said, with contact centers and all of the various departments. So it's an extraordinary operation. So given all of the data that you have access to um, and, you know, just your, you know, awareness of, of, of what's going on in the world of marketing, what kind of trends, Bridget, are you seeing overall in the industry? And that's either within the airline industry, because again, we have a a shared passion for airlines. Um, But even if, you know, just in general, in terms of loyalty. Yeah. So your questions are so great. Um, So the consumer who is a frequent flyer Mm -hmm. um, typically um, skews wealthier and educated and are um, typically you're spending a lot of the money on discretionary items, right? Mm-hmm. So they are exposed to many brands, right? And they're day-to-day consuming um, lives. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when they are experiencing a great um, interaction with another brand in retail, let's say Amazon, mm. they understandably then ex- have loftier expectations of other brands outside of that vertical, right? Sure. So we are we are certainly um, subject to that as well. Heightened expectations that mm-hmm. may be borne out elsewhere, but mm-hmm. are, ex- are then, you know, imposed on our company, our industry as well. Mm. So 
wonderful targets that get set elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we work to create our, our own targets too, but that's really mm -hmm. our reality. So mm -hmm. heightened standards, sometimes set by our industry and our company, and, and oftentimes set outside of our industry. Um, so I would offer um, no argument whatsoever. Digitization is the name of the game, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just um, an ability to be um, more frictionless, more personalized. It's just easier. It's mm. faster. Um, and it really is um, kind of um, more relevant at the customer's terms, the more compatible way in which to engage and interact. Mm. Uh, personalization, as I mentioned within that, are, is just is really important. And as I said, frictionless ease, it's just got to be easy. It cannot feel like one more thing on the to-do list. It's yeah. just got to feel just flowing right off the customer. And that's what we are striving for here mm. all the time ourselves to inter interact with our customers in that manner. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And just um, one piece I'd love to know where you feel you're at, and this is purely, I suppose, a subjective, I suppose, opinion. A lot of brands talk about personalization and it's the holy grail and it's the new oil. Do you feel American is doing personalization at the level that you feel it should be done? Or where do you feel you're on that journey? Do you think there's still a long way to go? Or how comfortable are you with how you're delivering on that? So I want to answer that in a way that I find um, this opportunity. I think it's important to address it with great humility yeah. because I think this journey of personalization is going to be never ending True. because I think one is going to learn more about our customers and our company and ourselves every day mm -hmm. that we will, we will have some insight from that we're mm -hmm. going to want to action. So mm -hmm. I would offer to you, we're out the gate. Mm -hmm. okay. And this to me is going to be, um, if we're doing it right, it's going to be an ongoing journey that will feel we always have opportunity to do better. Okay. Okay. And it's a great answer because I often make the point, and I know you've listened to previous shows, it always to me comes back to the intention of the leadership. So if the intention of the leadership is ongoing improvement and ongoing personalization and continually making it better, then it always will. And that humility will come through for consumers for sure. That's right. I, I, I insist that we approach this with humility and with curiosity mm -hmm. and just always be asking the question, you know, yeah. what yeah. can we learn? What more can we do? But, is, but it's got to be relevant. It's got to matter to the customer. Mm -hmm. It has to be what we can tell the customer once mm -hmm. versus what we have. Yeah. It's just got to be. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's when it becomes an emotionally connecting loyalty program, because, again, there's so many transactional programs out there. And that's when consumers just go, well, that's not good enough. So, you know, you're definitely getting into that amazing space. So it's it's incredibly exciting. Yeah. And then we get to we, we use travel. I mean, talk about something <laughs> that's endlessly emotional. Yeah, And that's ours at the core of what we do to engender loyalty with our customers. I mean, we just yeah. have just the holy grail and we <laughs> have got to make sure we, we, we treat it with the respect it, it so deserves. It definitely does. And I suppose it's a particularly difficult time for travel. Um, you know, with the, the virus, we're literally recording this now. I think today is the April the 17th and, and literally releasing next week. So tell me how is American coping uh, with COVID-19 and, you know, how will the crisis maybe um, affect the Advantage program? So I would, uh, I would share with you that American Airlines and our 130,000 employees are approaching this with great resilience 
and great creativity on how we're solving the problems and adaptability. And it is a very tough and difficult time for our company, our industry, and just the world in which we live. Mm. Um, but I'm certainly very proud of how uh, the 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 people who are American Airlines are are handling this and making our way through it. And that starts at the top. I think our leadership is just doing mm. a really admirable job, a very noble job. So, you know, we will get through this, Paula. Um, it is true that the industry has had um, its its large impacts um, in our past. Uh, so we we will come through this. We will be on the other side of it. This mm-hmm. may prove to be like no other, mm-hmm. um, but we we will be better for it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the Advantage program, no argument with um, with our customers flying dramatically less. Mm-hmm. You know, the program um, reflects that as well. Mm-hmm. So um, there's not... There's not nearly the engagement through flying that mm-hmm. we would be seeing on mm-hmm. this beautiful April day in 2020. <laughs> yeah. um, but what is interesting is how much engagement we're having on the ground. So still the affinity for the miles, still the affinity for travel is mm-hmm. bearing out in the behavior that we are seeing and behaviors that have people just reflective of the times. So the Cobra and Spend or home delivery or... Um, wine delivery or retail, Mm. (laughs) um, all those kind of um, commercial um, activities that are well enabled online, Mm -hmm. um, you still see a lot of great engagement in what what we're terming on the ground. So while our customers are grounded, they remain very active with the program. Incredible. And it's perhaps a message that um, airlines don't always have enough opportunity to communicate because there's so much to talk about in terms of the, you know, the destinations and the travel. So the in the air piece. So so it sounds like you're taking the opportunity to create awareness of a whole other area of the Advantage program that might have just kind of slipped, you know, below the radar in the past. Or certainly has bubbled up to the top and relevant. Okay. And okay. and the and the team team is on their game about doing that because yeah. you know it's it's only as good as its value added to the customer mm-hmm. and the customer ultimately makes that decision and they make that decision about how they spend their money. Mm. So so the team's done a great job um, redirecting yes. very quickly uh, yes. and to ensure that we're we're doing something that's of value to our customers. Fantastic. And I saw that you also recently extended the status for your members, given the whole coronavirus. So tell us exactly what um, what you've done and, and, and how it came about. So we have um, always tried very hard to have the customer at the center of everything we do. Mm. And as this was clearly absolutely impacting our customers um, from flying, which was not their intended behavior. I mean, sure. this these travel directives and then how the corporates handled it, et cetera, uh, proved to be uncontrollable by our members. And so here they are grounded through no actions of their own, mm. but had done everything that was asked of them mm. a year ago in mm. earning their status. And so we certainly knew that we had to both express our gratitude to our customers Mm -hmm. for that loyalty to us and be empathetic to their situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, they're abruptly being grounded. So as we thought about it, we knew we wanted to extend 
the the status. That part was was mm-hmm. clear to us out the gate. But we wanted to make sure that we um, were also being practical, mm-hmm. given the environment, both the fair environment and the schedule that we are all operating. I mean, we're all operating fractions of mm-hmm. the schedules that we would ordinarily be um, be mm-hmm. operating. Yeah. So, how could we in current period? So we cared for the customers for essentially next year, but how could we in current period um, take care of those customers who don't have status today? You know, we have a number of customers every year who Mm. earn status for the first time. Mm. And, you know, we had nine great weeks starting in 2020. We had lots of customers off to the races, off in pursuit of status. So we knew we wanted to do something for them as well. Mm. And for those who already earned status and were the beneficiaries of the extension, they may have been on path themselves for a higher status than what had been extended. So Mm. we knew we wanted to do something for them as well. So Mm. we um, also created lower elite qualifying thresholds for 2020. And then alongside that, we wanted to um, make sure customers were able to realize the value of things like their Admirals Club membership, um, their upgrade certificates. These are benefits that either paid for or they earned. So we extended those. Mm -hmm. And then we also wanted to ensure that we um, incentivize our customers, again, Think about think about that trip. You know, maybe you're not traveling right now, but go ahead and indulge in thinking about when you are ready to go, where might you go? So we offered a vacations discount to our elite customers. Mm-hmm. And then, as I mentioned to you a moment ago, we're seeing a wonderful engagement on the ground. Mm-hmm. And we had this benefit um, for many years that we actually uh, retired about a decade ago. And that is, if you spend a dollar on your co-branded credit card, mm-hmm. you could earn a mile towards lifetime status in the Advantage program up to our second level, which is platinum. Mm. It it was wildly, wildly popular. Um, So in a period of time where I wasn't working in the program, we chose to to sunset that. And it was a unique, um, it was a point of distinction though for American Airlines. Mm. And because we saw some wonderful engagement on the ground, we brought that back. We brought that benefit back for the balance of the year. So between May and and December, your spend on um, either a co-branded card um, issued on behalf of American by a city Mm -hmm. or Barclays Mm -hmm. or select, this is a new one, a select international cards because we issue our cards in a number of countries outside the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, your spend qualifies for earning lifetime mile status too. So um, those were the the kind of the rationale between appreciation, um, empathy, and incentivizing our customers were really kind of the themes we cared for and what you saw um, earlier this week um, to our customers. That's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. And and again, it is all about empathy because as you said, this is being imposed on all of us. Um, and for me, it's it's certainly very difficult living away from home, not to be able to travel back to, to family and friends. So, you know, if the airline didn't respect, you know, that I really am missing out on the whole industry and penalized right. me as a result, I mean, it just would, would damage the relationship. So, so a lot of proactive stuff going on there. And uh, just, I suppose we're coming just to, towards the end of the interview, Bridget, just want to maybe just generally ask what kind of things you're thinking about going forward, maybe beyond, you know, COVID-19 or any other kind of ideas that um, you're excited about that you see in other industries. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to add in terms of where you're going with Advantage? So I will offer to you that we are 
really um, working ever harder about Advantage being the point of engagement mm-hmm. or relationship for all of American Airlines. It's just such such a distinguishing point on offering that or providing that to the airline. Mm-hmm. And I think you should expect us to, to continue to work nonstop on creating experiences that are easy mm-hmm. and with as little friction as possible, mm-hmm. that they are going to be personalized, mm-hmm. that the value exchange that I referenced is, is balanced and relevant, mm-hmm. and that the customer feels that they're in a dialogue with the airline and with the program. They're in conversation with us, that we are using what we hear and learn from them back into the business so that they feel that it's being um, actioned. So you mm-hmm. should expect those those types of things to continue mm-hmm. and absolutely an undertone of travel. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not flying everywhere we want to be flying today. But mm-hmm. prior to this, we were putting just some fantastic dots on the map. Mm-hmm. And the more dots on the map, the more more places our customers are going to be motivated and inspired to travel, which means involved in our program. Mm. And that we will seek to be um, interacting with our customers in the channels that they prefer. And yes, digital is a big one. But you know what? Mm. We've had extraordinary success with. Our, our, our telephone line. Wow. I mean, technology from the 19th century <laughs> has a role still with American Airlines. So yeah. look for us to be out there broadly across many channels, but yeah. it's all fueled by our data mm. and insights. And it's, it's really proven quite helpful to us mm. um, being relevant because with relevance, yeah. you engender trust mm-hmm. and with trust, you have loyalty. And so Absolutely. there you have where we're going to go. That's incredible, Bridget. And again, I suppose there's another guest recently who mentioned that whole piece around, um, you know, talking on the phone and reaching out to people in ways that might be, you know, considered, you know, not scalable and not viable, but actually the power of one phone call from anyone in America to empathize with the customer uh, makes an extraordinary impact. And perhaps that is the differentiator because we all know it's it's quite easy to, to send out an email blast or, or any other form of communication. So I love the the dialogue mindset um, to make sure that it is a two-way street. Um, Yeah, no, no, very powerful. And the other thing I love actually that you talked about, Bridget, is the the vacations discount because I'm a real planner. And I think most of us who, you know, professionals, we're working hard, you know, so six days a week, sometimes seven. Um, The the critical thing is to know when's the payback for me personally. Um, And it is all about driving inspiration. So I think to use the Advantage program to drive people to think about their next holiday is, um, is, is a very good idea as well. So one I'll definitely be tapping into. Absolutely. You know, uh, we're encouraging folks to be thinking about it, um, even though they're not yet ready to travel. But go ahead and be thinking about where you would want to go next and start planning for it. And it's it'll yeah. be wonderful and, be, and it'll be ready for you with welcomed open arms. Oh, my goodness. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. So listen, um, was there anything else you wanted to add, Bridget? I definitely wanted to just, I suppose, as I always do, close with asking what kind of resources that you recommend the loyalty managers? who listen to this show should consider reading. Um, You know, there's so many different channels out there. So, you know, from somebody at your level who's got this kind of background, what do you recommend to the loyalty managers around the world who are looking for inspiration professionally? 
I think it's really important to have strong business acumen in in all matters, but I really do draw upon it myself in the role that I have. So, you know, I'm an avid reader of many, many, many publications daily. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Wall Street Journal and The Economist and Bloomberg are just to name a few Mm -hmm. um, with great religion. I'm reading those. Um, And then um, I love... um, podcasts. I love tech talks. I, I follow Simon Sinek. I follow Dan Ariely. I listen to Shelley Palmer. Um, there's a lot of great, um, great folks out there that aren't necessarily talking about loyalty, yeah. but they are talking about human behavior. Mm. And that to me is really a wonderful source of um, inspiration and learnings that I then worked hard to apply um, within the Advantage Program for American Airlines. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly said, Bridget. Actually, I'm also a, a, you know, constantly curious student of human behavior. And I think the older I get, the more fascinating I find it. So um, there's definitely a shared passion there as well. So all of those references that you've mentioned, I'll put into the show notes, as well as obviously links to your own profile on LinkedIn and obviously the um, the Advantage program. So um, I just want to say a huge thank you from my side, Bridget. Um, at the start of this show, actually before we came on air, I did mention that I looked up how your name translates um, because it is an Irish name. So uh, just for listeners, I will share that Bridget means power and strength and noble or exalted one. So I think Advantage is incredibly lucky to have you leading its program. So I just want to say thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. I've enjoyed this very much, Paula. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews. And thanks again for supporting the show.